On the seventh day of creation, God rested. From a theological and philosophical standpoint, this is quite a statement. Philosophers would say that God's being is the same as his acting. There's no separation between the two, and for God to rest seems like a contradiction in one sense. Jesus himself said that his Father is always at work. But we see two meanings of it in tonight's liturgy. The first is that it is on the seventh day of the week that Christ, the Son of God, who is God, rests in the tomb. And we see even more profoundly that this is the cost of God, the cost to God, of creation. His willingness, we might say his permissive will, his willingness to open a space for other creatures of reason and will to act, to be free. This is a great uh, risk that God takes, inviting us to act freely, to act reasonably, one hopes, And the cost of this is shown exactly in Christ's own death. This is the price of giving us freedom. But God is not giving up on us in Christ's resurrection, which we celebrate tonight. We see an eighth day opening up, a new creation. And we are recapitulating this action of God. The liturgy is the manifest action of Jesus Christ in the world. In the document Sacrosanctum Concilium, the first document of Vatican II, it says that the liturgy is the action of Christ the High Priest. So what are we doing? Well, we baptized are members of his body, so in acting out the liturgy, we are making visible what Christ is doing. When we participate in the liturgy, by our actions, and by our attentiveness, we are conformed, body, mind, and spirit, to Christ himself who uses us, who acts through us, impressing the form of his own life upon us, giving us this new life. And in celebrating the mystery of his passion, his death, his descent into hell, and his resurrection, we ourselves actually undergo this same experience in some mysterious way. As St. Paul says in tonight's epistle, if we have grown into union with him through a death like his, we shall also be united with him in his resurrection. These are lovely words of comfort and consolation, in the midst of and at the end of an anus horribilis, how much do we feel, experience, the effects of our resurrection? Now, before you think that I'm trying to give you some kind of guilt trip, implying that we need to try harder to feel good about our resurrection in Christ, let me assure you that I mean No such thing. I'm not here to increase your burdens, I promise you. For starters, we should never try to engineer our own salvation by works. And that includes working up happy feelings to prove to ourselves that we are saved. Rather, our salvation mysteriously takes place in the realm of faith. And this may or may not 
be accompanied by corresponding feelings. And I want to emphasize this particularly because I suspect that many of us, maybe all of us, have experienced at least a year of very ambiguous feelings at the very best. I was thinking as I was sitting uh, here a moment ago, last year, one year ago at this time, uh, each of us priests was literally preaching to the choir. That was all that was here. I imagine that most of us on the earthly plane have gone through profound feelings of helplessness, anxiety, frustration, depression even. And if we associate how we feel with the objectivity of our salvation in Jesus Christ, we probably will end up feeling hopeless besides, judging ourselves unworthy of God's attention just at the moment that we need God's solicitude the most. And perhaps we've never had quite the opportunity, uh, many of us again, not all of us, but we haven't had the opportunity to share in Christ's death in such a real and immediate way as we did this past year. We've experienced a cascade of sufferings, unforeseen, unpredictable. They seem to come from us at every direction this year. It's hard to predict what was going to happen next. Uh, I had one person tell me, uh, the strange thing about this year is that uh, it was like the same thing every single day and it was something new every day. Staying at home every day, it was crazy every day, but it was different crazy every day. The sufferings associated with a pandemic, with quarantines, loss of contact with loved ones, loss of pastimes, travel, cultural events that lighten our lives, These have in turn made the normal sufferings that we're going to have to go through that much harder to bear. The deaths of loved ones, illness, broken relationships, financial struggles, difficulties at work, whatever it is. Uh, We we get lots of prayer requests even when there's not a pandemic. And uh, I know it's more difficult for people to deal with the normal run-of-the-mill stuff that we all have to deal with on top of the unpredictability of our situation. Now, with that background, I want to return to my initial question. How am I experiencing resurrection in Christ? We've been led into the darkened church by the inextinguishable light of Jesus Christ, our brother and our head. We have heard about the empty tomb. Paul has confirmed what the young man in white told the women inside that empty tomb, he's alive. Death is not the end. What will this mean for us when we go forth from here tonight? The celebration of our own resurrection and illumination in faith. Assuredly, we all have some immediate grasp of what it means to live. I don't mean just to be alive and not dead. I mean to have experiences of discovery, of joy, of love, of hope, encounters with beauty and goodness. The best we can say about the life that God gives us after our resurrection is that it in some way fulfills all the best promises 
that these previous experiences be token. But we don't really otherwise know what this life is like until we experience it. It's something different from our current lives, our lives in the flesh. In truth, there's something incomprehensible, at least at first, about living a resurrected life. And because this life is eternal and it is God's life which is infinite, there will always be something unfamiliar about it. We'll never exhaust the mystery of God. So if we feel out of our depth, that might be a good sign. That might be a sign that we're open to God revealing to us a new way to think, to feel, to experience the world. In the meantime, we continue to live in an in-between state. We remain in the flesh even as we strive to live according to the spirit that has been given to us in baptism. This means that a lot of our interior life as Christians depends on interpretation. We can interpret according to one of two ways, the flesh or the spirit. We can interpret every single event of our lives in these ways, events like we've been experiencing. Two chapters after tonight's epistle, in the eighth chapter of Romans, St. Paul tells us we can set our minds on the flesh or of the spirit, and that the effect of setting our minds on the spirit is life and peace. In the same eighth chapter of Romans, St. Paul tells us something that should be very comforting. We are heirs with Christ, he says, provided that we suffer with him. Suffering is not meaningless if it is done with Christ. This means that our suffering is not proof of God's abandonment, far from it. As the Easter candle went before us into the dark church tonight, Christ has gone before us into the hell of suffering. He's gone into the darkness of each of our hearts and brought his light there. So that when we go into our hearts and we feel all this difficulty, we see this darkness, when we arrive there ourselves, he's there already to accompany us, to comfort us, to show us the way out. Perhaps in years past, when life seemed to be going reasonably well, compared to what we've experienced the last few years, it might have been easy to confuse the good feelings that we think we ought to have at Easter with just human feelings of being together, of doing something different, of certainly celebrating the good news of the resurrection. None of this is bad in itself, but it might have been still somewhat human and limited to our, our previous experience of goodness. With, we could confuse this with what an actual resurrected life might feel like and look like and be to experience. This year, many of us have had a taste of what death feels like. And consequently, I would like to think that our experience of the resurrection can undergo two related transformations. First of all, it might not feel like previous feelings associated with Easter. Why? because we've been conformed more closely to Christ's passion. And if this is true, it is also true then we can be, of all things, more confident this year that Christ has been walking with us through the shadow of death that has been threatening us everywhere. 
What Pope Benedict XVI said about Christ's death, I'd like to apply both to our deaths, which are coming at some point, and to our suffering, though. He says, death, the illogical, the unspiritual, the senseless, becomes in Christ's death an active spiritual event. Death, the end of communication, becomes an active communion of Jesus with everyone, and in him, of everyone, with everyone. We all share this. We all share the experience of suffering and death. If we can discover in our recent suffering our communion with Christ's suffering, we can discover our communion with each and every person who is our neighbor. We can be uh, ambassadors of compassion. And with God, we can receive communion through Christ, which is to say we can mysteriously, through our suffering, but truly enter into our eternal life. If we can re-enter those places of darkness and find in them waiting for us the lumen Christi, the light of Christ alive and life-giving, how blessed we are to be together this night, the night of nights, enacting, reenacting together that night when death was broken and God's love was poured into our hearts. For the sake of the rest of the church, those especially who cannot be together in an assembly tonight, let us welcome God's love anew. And let us ask the Holy Spirit to renew our minds, to help us think differently with the mind of Christ, that we may know how to discern and to identify the signs of resurrection in our lives now, today, and to become more and more familiar with this inbreaking new life and to live out of it.